mushers. Mushers are people who drive dog sleds. Mushers are people who drive dog sleds, having prepared their dogs for cold Arctic wilderness conditions. Even so, after all their training and conditioning, uh, when these dogs are pulling sleds, like in famous races, such as the Alaskan Iterod, that is hundreds of miles, even after all their training, all their work, some of these dogs pulling these sleds get injured. Other dogs become exhausted. Still, other dogs actually get bored. They get bored running for 18 hours a day through ice and snow. I can't say that I blame those dogs. (laughs) Injured dogs, exhausted dogs, dogs who just get bored with the whole thing. Uh, Mushers have a name for those dogs. Those dogs are called what? Drop dogs. Drop dogs, those who get injured or exhausted or bored with the whole experience, are placed in protective bags. Then they're loaded onto an airplane. And then these drop dogs are taken home. These drop dogs, the dogs that didn't make it, these drop dogs will never pull a sled again. They worked hard for a goal. (laughs) Only to fall short. We worked hard for a goal. Only to fall short. Short. Uh, COVID-19 has done that to us all to one degree or another. (laughs) If you're a human being on this planet, there are times in the last several months you have felt like a drop dog. You work so hard for a goal only to fall short. I worked hard for a goal to have people show up in church. And now, all I see are puppets (laughs) with their protective masks on. Way to go, puppets. Uh, Maybe you worked hard your whole senior year for a great spring semester. And now what? (laughs) Everything's dust in the wind. I know people who have worked hard to plan weddings this summer. Expecting hundreds of friends and relatives, and now only 36 people showed up at a wedding I did yesterday. Maybe you worked hard for the vacation of a lifetime, and it was canceled. Now you can't even get your money refunded. Maybe you worked so hard to get a new business up and running, and now it's hanging on by a thin thread. I know countless retirees who worked hard all their adult life to enjoy retirement. And now 
They can't even see their grandchildren and their investments are tanking. COVID-19 has brought with it this feeling, this feeling that we're all kind of like drop dogs. We work so hard for a goal only to fall short. Ezekiel knows. (laughs) Ezekiel worked hard toward a goal. Ezekiel's goal was to one day become an Israelite priest and have the honor to carry the Ark of the Covenant into battle. And so Ezekiel slogged his way through the book of Leviticus. That's what you did in the Old Testament. If you wanted to be a priest... Carrying the Ark of the Covenant into battle, you slogged your way through the book of Leviticus, all 27 chapters. If you know anything about the book of Leviticus, Leviticus is the liver and onions of the Bible. (laughs) The whole book is about priests who are sacrificing animals. Slice, dice, sever sacrifice. There are strange portions to the book of Leviticus. The Urim and the Thummim, apparently dice that the priest would roll. There would be unauthorized fire in chapter 10 of Leviticus. There's bright skin and there's all of these chapters about mold and mildew. Liver and onions in the Bible. That's Leviticus. But Ezekiel slogged his way through Leviticus. Ezekiel took his test on Leviticus. Ezekiel passed his test on Leviticus. Ezekiel was now looking forward to teaching people Leviticus, praying for people, making sacrifices of animals, dissecting different kinds of mildew and molds. And then, what? Exile. Ezekiel was exiled. Ezekiel was forcibly taken from his hometown of Jerusalem, 700 miles away, to a land called Babylon. This painting depicts one of the saddest psalms in the Psalter. Psalm 137 which includes these words, there by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the trees, we hung up our hearts. This could be Ezekiel, his family. Uh, By the river and there in the distance would be the city of Babylon. And and there's the harp. It's not on the tree, but it's in his hand. He's not using it. And if you look very closely, the man in the middle has shackles and chains on his hand. Could very well be Ezekiel. By the rivers of Babylon, Ezekiel knows he'll never, ever teach Leviticus. He'll never ever pray for people. He'll never ever dissect different kinds of mold and mildew. And Ezekiel will never ever ever have the privilege of carrying the Ark of the Covenant. 
He worked so hard for a goal only to fall short. Kind of like feeling like a dropped dog. When we're there (laughs) by our own rivers of Babylon, we ask the same question Ezekiel asked. (laughs) It's a heart-piercing question. God, where are you? I am hundreds of miles away from where I thought I would be this point in my life. God, where are you? Have you rejected me? Have you abandoned me? God, where are you? And Ezekiel answers that question. By the rivers of Babylon, the last verse in his massive book, 48 chapters. Ezekiel saves the best for last. Here it is, 48.35. The name of the city from that time on shall be the Lord is there. God, where are you? The Lord is there. Now, this is fantastic. God didn't say, I will be there, or I used to be there, or I might be there, or I'm fixing to be there. No, the Hebrew is Yahweh Shema, the Lord is there. Our God (laughs) has never practiced social distancing for his people. Never. Never has, he never will. The name of the city is Yahweh Shema. The Lord is there. Ezekiel gives us the dimensions, the measurements of this new city. Going back a few verses in 48.16. These shall be its measurements. The north side, 4,500 cubits. The south side, 4,500 East side, 4,500, and the west side, 4,500. It's a perfect cube. It's a perfect square. What's Ezekiel after? Uh, Look at this painting. Within this painting, we see the small room called the Holy of Holies. With the Ark of the Covenant in it. Ezekiel should know. Ezekiel knows everything about the book of Leviticus. (laughs) Ezekiel says that the Holy of Holies, where the blazing, real, merciful, sovereign, righteous, holy, loving presence of God is, In this little cube, square, called the Holy of Holies, the day is coming when this new city (laughs) will be that perfect cube and that perfect square. All of the blazing, merciful, powerful, loving, kind, righteous presence of God confined to this little space in the Holy of Holies, will now be throughout the city. 
the new city. No wonder Ezekiel calls it Yahweh, Shema, the Lord is there. And what Ezekiel envisions in this new city being the new holy of holies, what Ezekiel envisions, Jesus fulfills. That's how we read the Bible. What Ezekiel envisions in God's real, blazing, righteous, merciful presence, what Ezekiel envisions, Jesus Christ fulfills. How so? Let's get practical. When I'm lonely, the Lord is there. (laughs) Yahweh Shema. The Beatles famously sang a song in 1966 called Eleanor Rigby. And you know the lyrics, right? They include all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? I'll tell you where they come from. A lot of the lonely people come from the United States of America. Over 36 million Americans live alone. And COVID-19 for them has been absolutely crushing. I know, I live alone. All the lonely people. Jesus, the one who fulfills Ezekiel's vision, makes this promise. John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Jesus makes this promise. It's a promise we hold to. Dearly, tightly, passionately. Jesus is about to suffer, die, rise again, and ascend to heaven. And liturgically, the church just celebrated ascension this past Thursday. And Jesus is saying, I won't leave you as orphans, I'll come to you. So when he leaves his church on ascension, 40 days after Easter, he's not leaving us alone. It may appear that way. Jesus, why did you ascend to heaven? Here's the promise. I won't leave you as an orphan. I'll come to you. And 10 days after the ascension, Pentecost, right, next Sunday, Jesus came to the church in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus in the life of every believer. See, Jesus left one place so he could be present in many places. Through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that delivers the real presence of Jesus through the word, through the sacraments. In Acts chapter 2, the 11 disciples, Judas, of course, had committed suicide. The 11 had grown to 120, but they felt all alone in the second chapter of Acts. Then God showed up, (laughs) Yahweh Shema, and 3,000 were baptized that day. In Acts chapter 4, another example of how Jesus doesn't leave us alone. In Acts chapter 4, this church now that's grown is being persecuted by Jewish authorities. They pray Psalm 2, 
And then God showed up. (laughs) And the place shook. And they were filled with the Spirit again. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison in Philippi. And it's midnight. And they're singing hymns. And God showed up. Yahweh Shema. And it was the first jailhouse rock. (laughs) When we're lonely, God's there. You hold on to that promise. You clutch that promise. Yahweh Shema. The Lord is even there. When I'm worried, the Lord is there. Not just when I'm lonely, but when I'm worried. How many times in my life, (laughs) I can't count, have I gone to sleep quoting 1 Peter 5 verse 7? Cast all your care on him because he cares for you. COVID-19 is making people sick, literally, but also making people sick emotionally. I talk to any healthcare professional, and they will tell you that people are coming in by the tens of thousands because they're worried sick. They're not just worried sick emotionally, but but the worry is impacting their bodies. They're getting sick in their stomachs and sick in their backs and sick in their necks and sick all over. This is the way worry quite often works. I have a test tomorrow. If I bomb that test, I'll probably go on academic probation. If I go on academic probation, I'll probably get kicked out of college. If I get kicked out of college, I won't get that job. If I don't get that job, I'll never be able to buy a house. If I never buy a house, I'll never get married. If I never get married, I'll never have children. And so my entire life will be one huge, complete nothing. So I conclude that if I don't pass this test tomorrow... My life as I know it will come to an end. It's the way worry works. We take a molehill (laughs) and we make it into a massive mountain. Maybe you remember these three movies. Some of my favorites. Back to the Future. Remember that? Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. Marty McFly and Doc Emmett Brown had this really cool car called the DeLorean with its flux capacitors. And they could travel into the past and they could even travel into the future. I got bad news for you. Those movies, they aren't real. Uh, We can't live in the past. We can't live in the future. But boy, that doesn't keep us from trying. We worry so much about the past as though we can change the past by worrying about it. We worry so much about the future as though we can change the future by worrying about it. No, future isn't changed by worry. Past isn't changed by worry. 
The only thing that worry does is destroy today. There's a better prescription when you're sick with worry. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. When I'm lonely, Yahweh Shema. When I am worried, Yahweh Shema. Yahweh shows up right there. And when I am broken, the Lord's there. For obvious reasons, this is one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not quench. COVID-19 has done a whole lot more than broken up family plans and wedding plans and investment plans. COVID-19 has broken hearts. When your heart is broken, please know that Jesus isn't an impersonal force. Jesus isn't an idea, a movement, an ideology. Jesus is a person. And when you are bruised, he won't break you. And when you are smoldering, you just have a little spark left. He will not quench that spark. Jesus loves you. Yahweh Shema, right there. When you're bruised, broken, battered, and torn. Yahweh, Shema. God, where are you? It's it's the cry that Ezekiel had, that, that we have. God, where are you when we feel like drop dogs? Jesus says, I'm there on the cross. That's where I'm at. That's where you see me and find me. The cross. Jesus says, I'm there bleeding for you, suffering for you. I'm there feeling your loneliness and your worry. I'm feeling your brokenness. And Jesus says, I'm going to make all things new. There will be no more death or crying, or pain, for the old order of things will pass away. How do we know that? Because the stone was rolled away. And the women were shocked to their core. And the angel said, why do you seek the living from among the dead? He is not here. He's risen just as he said. John chapter 14, verse 19, Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. By faith alone, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. By faith alone. You and I are members 
citizens of Ezekiel's new city, this holy of holies, the, the very splendor of Almighty God, we shall see. Because Jesus lives, we too shall live in the new city. And you, though the name, Yahweh Shema. Last two words of the prophet Ezekiel. We can believe this when we die. We can believe this as we live now. In those hardest places of our lives, in those most confusing places of our lives, in those most painful places in our lives, the Lord is there in the places where we say, I worked so hard for a goal only to fall short. God is even in that place. In that place to hold you and heal you and bring you finally to heaven, where you will be in the very blazing, merciful power of Almighty God. And we call that city Yahweh Shema. Oh, we call that place Yahweh Shema. And here it comes, whole point of the sermon. Because of that, we dare, we just dare to not only call the new city Yahweh Shema, the new place Yahweh Shema, we dare to call every single place in our lives Yahweh Shema, the Lord, (laughs) the Lord is even there.